4 p.m., stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. I know for the last couple of weeks, I've been making a few. I share with you about breaking down some words, the words of the system that we live in and how these words works for you and against you. But first of all, before I get started, let me once again thank a few of our fans, supporters, those who've been very encouraging and uh, responding to us. We want you all to hit us up to let us know what you thought about the podcast, what you think about the podcast, or the impact of the podcast, or help us with the direction we, you think we should be going to podcast. You want to chime in, make comments about where we are. And I'd like to thank my friend uh, in California, Roslyn Moore, for chiming in. Thank you, Roz, for uh, encouraging us and, and keeping things going. My brother, Dwayne, man, I appreciate you, little brother. I appreciate you keeping me encouraged and uh, keeping me focused and also spreading the word, spreading the news, the good news, like they say. And we got so many more, so many, many more. Uh, brother John Norwood, John, thank you, man. That was, a, that was some truly, truly some word of encouragement from you and empowerment from you. Uh, what you shared and how the word, how the information that we're bringing forward, how it impacted you. So uh, we really, really appreciate it. My friend Niami, 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 I can't say it right, but you know who you are up there in New Orleans. We thank you uh, for chiming in and, and continuing listening to Count Time Podcast and so, so many more. I mean, we can't, can't name you all, but I just want to let you all know that we paying attention, we listening, we reading, and we appreciating you being a part of Count Time. So where are we going with this today? Well, you know, we're going to talk about words, right? That's, you know, I want to share with you how words are broke down, words are being used, and how words are being misused, and how we have to understand how to make the word work for us, to make the word work. The, the word means, some people say it means the Bible, or we talking about just words, and how words are, could be the most deceptive thing in the universe. But the Bible said, words are sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, piercing to the, the soul. And also we know if you spell word, W-R-D, and add an S in front of it, S-W-R-D is spelled sword. So it's a powerful thing. But we know that words, by your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. Now, if anybody like me, you've been, you've been to court, we know they can use your words against you. And they tell you, you what you say can and will be used against you. So you have to be careful with words. But we know this. But some people say, well, we was taught a long time ago. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. Well, we know that's a lie because words have created a lot of confusion. A lot of people have died because of what somebody else said, what somebody else spoke. And nowadays, you know, words are causing all kind of confusion. So we know 
there is power in words. What we know, and more importantly, the Bible said in the beginning, the earth was without form nor void. Darkness moved upon the earth. But then God spoke, let there be light. He spoke light into being. And that's probably why they call us light beings. <laughs> we are the people. We are the children of light. And we need to know that. The power of words. We're living in a system where words are very deceptive. Not just that. We're living in a system. We are what you consider an advanced society. A developed society. One of the most developed countries in the world. But we lack behind most other countries in math, science, reading. How is that so? How is that possible that the United States, with all its resources, all the power we lack in math, science, and reading? Our children are dropping out of school. Not furthering further the education, they're dropping out of school. What is the cause of this? Maybe it could be the antiquated system that's in place. What antiquated system? The system that's been here for years. For example, in the United States, we still use yard, inches, and foot. Yards, inches, and foot. Other countries been using the metric system for thousands of years. Matter of fact, our ancestors created the metric system. We built the pyramids. Our ancestors built the pyramids using the metric system. So we know that system has been there since the beginning of time. Not the beginning of time, but been there for thousands of years, the metric system. But the Greeks came ahead and created, I guess they call it the Roman system. <laughs> you know, the Greeks and the Rome, they created the, the, the new system, they call it the Roman system. But we learn about inches, feet, and yards. So that means that we are lagging behind in those areas of math, science, and reading because of the system that's in place in the U.S. that our children do not care for. They're not motivated to use it. Matter of fact, most of the major companies in the United States hire people from other countries. Most of them come out of Germany, Russia, France, China, Japan, everywhere except the U.S. So that's by design. I just want you to think about it. Just what we call food for thought. We know how we do it here on Count Time. But let's get back to words, though. Because words are what we need to get an understanding of, because this is what we're going to be talking about in the near future. We're going to be breaking down words. Now, as once again, as we know, words are life. And also, they are death. That's why we have to be careful what you speak to other people. Our ancestors, who are we going to say that again? Y'all heard them say, our ancestors was the first people to start writing. They did what you call a hieroglyphic form of writing, which is simply a picture form of writing. In other words, you see a picture. That's why the, that's why the old days they say pictures were for a thousand words, right? Also, we created the alphabets. Then the Greeks came along. They created 
another set of alphabets, but to use the first four alphabets that the Hebrews used. Yeah, I say the Hebrew, that's our ancestors, the Hebrew. So the Hebrew writing was one of the first form of writing, but, but it comes back from the hieroglyphics, the same our ancestors wrote too. So all this writing took place in the northern part, or the most northern part of Africa, but even down into Sudan, Ethiopia, it goes all over. These people, our ancestor was writing. But let's get back to the point I want to make. So the Hebrew writing, or most writing in the world to this day, people, people wrote and read from right to left. Then the Greeks came ahead and wrote, they switched it up, they wrote from left to right. That's why to this day, most of us start reading from left to right. In other words, we go from the, from the left to the right using the right hemisphere of the brain to break down, I guess, you know, in the right hemisphere, what they call symphonized words by joining words together, joining things together. But in the, in the, in the days of, the, in the, with the Hebrew writing or those or Arabic writing, they write or they read from right to left using the left hemisphere of the brain, which the left hemisphere of the brain analyze and break down components of things, of words. And all this, is, all this is a very important to understand the power of the brain and what part of the brain is being used for what and how these, how these are being used. Like hieroglyphic writing really was the most powerful writing in the world, but it was only, only those who was, had to be really skillful and trained, what they call a sage, the scribes, and these people was the ones who had to be taught, you know, hieroglyphic writing. But as we know, a picture form of writing is a, is a powerful form of writing. Because why? Even as we speak words, words form pictures in your mind. Right? If I say cat, the word cat is what you hear, but in your brain you, you are picturing what a cat look like to you. If I say dog, you're picturing what a dog looks like to you. If I say book, you're picturing what a book looks like to you. So, you know, whatever I speak, words form pictures. But that's why hieroglyphic writing was more powerful because once you get a picture in your mind, or once you see that picture, it's hard to change a picture. Because you say, oh, no, they ain't the same picture. But words can be used to form pictures and be used in a deceptive way. Now, that's what we're going to get to right now. So how can words deceive you? In many, many ways. So do I, am I saying we have a very deceptive system? I guess I, I guess I am because we use words in a way, I mean, you gotta remember, no, they didn't want us to read in this country. They didn't want us to learn the language. They didn't want us to learn the words. They didn't want, to, want us to be able to read, to be able to protect and defend ourselves and understand what we was doing. And I, as a, you know, many reasons why, because they say, we you know, you're a slave, you're not supposed to read, you're not even human. But we know what all that's about, you know, to keep control over, pre, over people who, who know, they know one day gonna rise up. But words are so deceptive. 
And I want you to see this in a way because the words create life and words create death. But we're living in a system where these words are, I guess we call it, we're going to call it tricknology. You know, so much trickery with words, right? We're going to start out with a word that we all use on a regular basis because they even got a subject in school they call spelling. Spelling is a subject. But also, what do the word spell means? Oh, Lord. Now that's kind of, that's going to be a doozy. Because you can, you can say, well, he or she is under a spell. Or it's a cold spell outside. Or sound like this, my, this situation might spell some trouble, huh? <laughs> because the word spell is a word that you use to create magic, charm. You know, somebody under a magical spell. But the subject is spell in. So that's a powerful word. So Nama asks you to Spare, I'm going to ask you to spell a word. S-P-E-L-L, spare. You put somebody under a spare. So why would the English language have a word that have those ambiguous terms and meaning? But we going to integrate you can use some integration to these words and contextualization to help you to understand where we're going with this thing here. Because we want you to be able to see what I'm saying. You know, it's important to be able to see what somebody is saying versus hear what they're saying. That's why the ancient Egyptians or the ancient Kemetic people wrote in hieroglyphic. Because if you can't see where I'm going, you definitely ain't going to be able to understand where we're going. That's why when people talking to you, you ever hear people when you're talking to somebody and people say, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because you can't see what I'm saying, you definitely ain't going to be able to understand what I'm saying. So it's important for somebody to see what we're saying and understand the power of words. So that's what I mean. Now you got to remember now, the word spell is a, is a magical term. But even so, I don't mean nothing by this here preaching, but he's talking about the gospel. Not the gossip, the gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. Which they say means good news. But you're putting people under spell. Just another food for thought. But in this language, which I believe is by design, but you got words out there, you're going to say, well, which is it? W-H-I-C-H, which, or W-I-T-H, which? Uh-oh, what do I mean by that? That words that sound alike, spell different, have different meaning. W-H-I-C-H, which? W-I-T-C-H, which? Which, which can put a spell on you too. That's what we've been taught. So which is it? <laughs> I just want you to think about what we're saying. We could be talking about this language we call the English language.
that we've been under for many years and the deceptiveness of this language. Let's take the word subject. Subject, well, all of us went to school, I like to believe, and we, was, we, took, we had to take subjects. Once again, English, math, science, chemistry, we, took, we had to take these different subjects. So we say, what subject are you taking in school? Well, I'm taking English, I'm taking math. But also, when I went to court, I was a subject of investigation. Or like many might say, are we subjects of the COL, the Company of London? So what is a subject? Just want to show you, taking you somewhere on how words can be used. You know, you're in school, the teacher asks, when you're in class, the teacher might ask you to write a sentence. LD, can you write a sentence about how you feel? Yeah, I can write a sentence. But when LD was in court, I was sentenced to prison. So what do the word sentence really mean? So this the play of words, what we call trichnology, and how words are being used against you. And that's what I, we're going to be doing in the, months, in the weeks and months to come through our, what we're going to call our course. And we're going to take a course of action. And we're going to set sail and put you on course that you may land ashore, S-H-O-R-E, to make sure, S-U-R-E, that you can understand, overstand where we are going and the purpose of count time. So we want to help bring you somewhere, take you somewhere, prepare you for the days and the weeks and the years to come that you no longer will be deceived by this system, by what you hear, by what you see, but, but, being, but truly being able to rightly divide the word of truth. So once again, as I always say, we're going to study to show thyself approved as a workman of abundance who should not be ashamed, but who can rightly divide the word of truth. That's all we want to do here. Be able to rightly divide the word of truth, that you may know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That you will be free indeed. I had a friend started an organization called Free Indeed. And it was, a, it was an organization I think still going on. She started why at my restaurant, Free Indeed. And I think I, I want you to let you know I was the first supporter of Free Indeed. Because I trusted and believed in what she was doing at the time. And still doing. But we all need to be set free, no longer bound by this system, by his deceptive ways, deceptive teaching that want to keep you tied up, tangled up in the matrix. But now it's time to free the mind. So we once again we want to thank you for joining Count Time Podcast and thank you for tuning in again today. Man can shackle the hand, the man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.